Hey, this is Taylor Strickland. I'm one of the pastors at Second Baptist Church West Campus, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message teaches you, inspires you, and strengthens your faith. To learn more about a Second Students ministry, just check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Search Second Students West. Enjoy the podcast. Y'all, we are excited. Uh, this is the first time we're ever doing this, where we actually get to have a conversation with our speakers from the previous Sunday. So today is Monday, we're recording this, and I'm actually getting to sit down at a table with Erica Phipps and Aaron Sheldon um, and just get to discuss what we're about to dive into because in a few minutes, you're gonna hear from them their message that they taught on Sunday morning in front of our students, high school and J-high respectively. So um, I just had a few questions for both of y'all and we're just gonna, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a chat and we'll see, see what happens, right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, I just want to jump in. In both of your messages, y'all worked so well together during the week in preparing this. And so you both talk about Joseph's story in Genesis. I can't remember what exact chapter, but Joseph's story is up in chapter 37. Um, Joseph's story is like an up-down roller coaster. I think of the steel eel at, uh, at Six Flags or SeaWorld. That's where it is where it's just constant up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. We don't know what's going to happen in Joseph's story. And so I wanted to, you studied Joseph's story all this week, in the past week. What was your, or what is your favorite part about his story? For me, I think one of the coolest things about Joseph is how it truly was up and down. I showed a, a graphic on Sunday, a very simple one, that was literally just how every part of his life was just up and down, up and down. But I love how he never looked back on the past, um, dwelled on those past things that he went through. He just focused on where he was right in that moment, whether it was a high place or a low place. And he really just put his head down and kept going forward in every situation that he was in. And I also love seeing how at the end of his life, when he's uh, reunited with his brothers, how God really did use all of that mess for for the, his good, for um, Joseph's good, and ultimately God's glory. And so I think it's really cool just to see um, how God worked all of that stuff that was meant by the devil for evil, right? Like all that was meant um, to destroy jo- Joseph, to tear him down. But in the end, he ends up um, reuniting with his brothers, and it's just probably makes it all worth it, I would imagine. Yeah. So, Like he kind of has a, a forgive and forget posture at the end Yeah. of what you did was meant to harm her. Like those are his exact words. Yeah. In Genesis 50, 20, I love that verse. It, he says, he's talking to his brothers and it said, what you intended to harm me, God um, used it for good for, for what is being done now in the saving of many lives. And so, yeah, he, he even recognized what God was doing through all of that. That's so. awesome. That's about, that's a lot of self-awareness too. Yeah. On Joseph's part. For sure. Very cool. Erica, what about you? Yeah, I, I'm all about details, and I love how there are so many details throughout Genesis about Joseph's life and everything that he went through. And, you know, sometimes we we talked about this idea of a story, and sometimes you just want to get to the end and figure out what happens. But either way, whether you know what happens or don't know what happens, you still want to go back and see how it happened. And so him realizing, you know, like she was saying, being present, but each thing that is happening to you, like, understanding that those details matter those details are going to get you to the end of the story and help you 
to be able to look back and say, this is, this is why that happened. And then again, in Genesis 50, 20, I think is also a beautiful reflection of the gospel because you look at Jesus and he was like, you know, they arrested him, they beat him, they crucified him. And he knew the whole time, like, I know what the end of the story is, but it's not fun. I still don't want to go through these details, but just like Genesis 50, 20, where it says you intended to harm me, but God meant it for good. Like God's ultimate plan was for him to be, you know, the savior of the world. And so he had to go through these nitty gritty details that he didn't like to get to be to that place. So even though everyone else wanted to harm Jesus the whole time, God had it planned for good. Yeah. All the things that, <clears throat> all the things that, all the things that like Joseph went to, went through, um, you mentioned that how it directly relates to the gospel and Jesus encountering similar resistance, yeah. uh, just to his, his life of like, I'm thinking back to the garden of, uh, the garden of Gethsemane when Jesus is like, if, if there is a way that I can pass this cup, this burden that, that I'm, I'm about to bear by dying on the cross and going through the whole process of crucifixion, then take it. But yeah. like, know, I know it's a part of the that. plan, but I don't want it to be part of the plan. Exactly. Right. And it's funny how you mentioned details as that's kind of that, that was one of your I think it was your or it is your third point in your messages yeah, don't where miss the details. don't miss the details and God cares about the details. And I wanted to just kind of kind of get personal and see what details that you both have in your lives, like any, any life story or the, just the hand that you were dealt that you have seen God use, whether that's a good detail or a bad detail, you can share however you, however you want. Well, for me, I think a big part of it is my my family life and my dad. I wasn't really dealt the best hand, I would say, when um, with my father. He wasn't really like a, a dad, a daddy to me. He was just kind of there for like discipline, you know, like he just wanted to punish me and um, discipline me when I did wrong. So for the longest time, I viewed God in the same way, just thinking God wanted to punish me for my sin or make sure I was being perfect. And um, it took me a long time to realize that that's not who God is. And a lot of times we view um, God as we view our earthly dad, but we have to realize they're they're not the same. He is the ultimate father and so much different. So all that to say, the details of the way that my dad treated me and my family and my brothers and the way that, you know, we haven't had a relationship and I've been, you know, hurt by him emotionally, it it was hard and it wasn't fun in the midst of it, but it led me, I think, to where I am now, to where I can truly see that God is my ultimate father. I can talk to girls and I can understand, you know, when their parents are going through a divorce or when they just don't have that close relationship with their dad, um, I can be there and I, I can empathize with them. Yeah. And um, for me, that, that just means a lot. Like I would do it all over again just to be able to sit next to someone and say, I know what you're going through. Like I know how this hurts. And, um, and it makes me just appreciate my husband so much more because I know that when he's a dad, he is going to be such a good dad and such a sweet dad. And it makes me feel so good that I, you know, I sought out what was right in a husband and in a man to be able, you know, to pour into me and to pour into my children. And so God used all of that, all of those details, um, to really work in the best possible way. Yeah. Yeah. Cause with your dad, you saw what was not needed or what was carried out in excess really like especially thinking yeah. discipline kind of and where what you see in Seth are 
or is close to the complete opposite. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. That's, cool. That's really good. For me, um, most recent example I can think of was in the summer of 2018 when out of the blue, my brother was diagnosed with cancer, which was really the first biggest health scare in my family. Um, mm. My brother is a college athlete. He's always been super healthy, working out multiple hours a day. Um, and so we've never had any kind of scare like that. And it was really just out of the blue and coming from a family that doesn't walk closely with Jesus. It was cool to be able to minister to them in that that scary time in that hard moment. I remember the night that my mom told me um, that he had cancer. We were coming home from dinner and it was just her and I and a coming home from um, dinner and we were in the parking lot or in the driveway and my mom was just kind of looking at me like I don't know what to do like I don't know she was just kind of like this empty face and I was like well let's pray and that was the first time that like truly we had like prayed together other wow. than Thanksgiving or Christmas or those basic things but the truly the first time that she I got to minister to her and then another cool like way that God used all that was our doc, the doctor that performed my brother's surgery, we've known him ever since we were babies. Um, he's incredible. And the day of surgery, it's like really intimidating and scary. You're just like waiting in this small room, my family of four. And then the doctor came in and like my mom, you could just tell she was terrified. Like her face just said it all. And the doctor gave my mom a hug and he said, how are you feeling to my mom? And my mom said, I feel fine because you're on my side. And the doctor looked at my mom and he said, you don't, he said, um, no, we got God on our side. And so it was cool to even see that, like the doctor, like someone who has studied science and all this stuff, who a lot of people think go against Christianity, but this doctor knew that like Mm. he was going to get through because he had God on his side too. And so that was just a cool, um, like situation to see like how God worked all of those details for, for good. And he's good now. So yeah. And it just you, you talking about your story and describing it took me there, took me to that place that operated or the, the waiting room when you're talking with your doctor. Mm-hmm. And I just imagine like just having that conversation with the doctor, if you can just sense, especially as a doctor who, who is professing the name of Jesus, just yeah. like he did that, that person has a different light about them. Yeah. Of like, honestly, like I don't know if it's a sixth sense yeah. or anything, but sometimes you can just tell if someone is a believer, yeah. whether it's the doctor or the Target grocery store clerk. For yeah. sure, you know, Absolutely. like it's just the the way they hold themselves, mm-hmm. or the way they talk, or the yeah. just how they care about you in general. Yeah, and uh, I feel like it's uncommon for doctors or surgeons yeah. to um, to be believers. I don't know why I think that, but I think it's kind of against the normal for them to say we're going to get through this because God, not because of my talent or my knowledge mm-hmm. or my hands or my wisdom, but yeah. because we have God on our side. Um, it was just a really, really cool. Yeah. Cause he knows who gave him that talent, yeah. who gave them that wisdom for and sure, that work ethic and everything that was, that he has now was given to God. Yeah. That's awesome. I have a similar story with like regarding cancer, just with my dad. Um, a few of our listeners may know, um, but I know, I know that y'all know, I just want to share it with everyone of when I was 14, my dad lost his battle to cancer. Mm. Um, and it was hard. It was a six year long battle. And just seeing, seeing how he held himself like this, this is the low detail of it's, it's a huge detail, but a low point. Yeah. Like the downward slope of my story of like, all right, what is happening? My dad dies. 
we're praying for healing. We're praying for just recovery through this whole process. And it wasn't given. And it was like, God, are you really there? Like I, I asked for this and I, I felt like I checked all the boxes, but it, I still lost this. But what God used in that time that I see now is that I cherish my family so much more than, than anything else. Mm -hmm. And I also, in just conversations of, like, I feel like just the sense of you need to be close with your family or you need to have that time with them is for me. And honestly, like, as, as a potential or as a future leader of, of people, I want to embody that like, as a leader of, like, hey, like, if you have a family thing going on, um, then, like, you, you got to be there because uh, it's important. Like, family is super important. And just that whole experience, losing my dad, is that time is short of yes, life is long and you only live once, but it is the only life you have and the only time alive that you have here that you get to make an impact or that you get to just do so many things. And eh, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but it just make an impact for the Lord. Cause I know that's exactly what my dad did. Um, but yeah, y'all, y'all thank you for sharing just for, uh, I know that, that, that can be super hard to talk about. I know I'm getting sort of emotional right now and that's just what happens when I talk about my dad, <laughs> but I want to get to kind of a lighter moment where we kind of push into y'all's messages. We're, we're ready to hear you speak. Um, Aaron, I want to go to you because in your message that we're about to hear, you mentioned the UK trip and you took that over spring break. It was like the day before COVID and we weren't even <laughs> sure that you were going to come home. <laughs> I and made so, it home guys. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> she is here in the U S Katy, Texas. She made it home. Uh, praise God. But I just want to hear like briefly about the trip of like what stuck out the most, like the differences in people, the culture, the food. I don't know. I've been to the UK <laughs> just once. Um, and I just want to hear, hear your take and your experience with our mission trip. Yeah, it was super fun. The best, one of the best experiences ever to take five of our kids here from West and some from the other campuses. And one of the things that was st stuck out to me was, so we got to go into high schools every day. Um, our team got to go into a high school and they got to minister to the same similar kids every day. So the kids built relationships with our students. They um, would run up to them at lunch and just always want to talk to them, know about America and everything. Um, and so they, the reason that we were able to go into the schools is because um, the the administration wanted to teach them about this word resilience, which isn't a word I never really used much before. Um, but they talk about this on the weekly, like resilience, how we can be resilient, how we can come back from hard things quickly, overcome things. Um, and so our students were able to talk about how they are able to be resilient is because of their faith in Jesus. They are able to yeah. be resilient because of the relationship they have with the Lord, which is something that these kids in, up there in the UK, the country of the UK have never heard about before. Like they're in the, the a lot of these kids are poor and um, we were in the countryside, like what we would call out in the country here. Um, they, they haven't heard about Jesus. They don't know that you can have a relationship with him. It's just something they have all these uh, minsters and cathedrals in their city, but it's just like a piece of history to them. It's not a real thing for them. Yeah. And so to teach them how our students are able to be resilient because of Jesus, it was, it was the best experience. And, um, so many seeds were planted there that we probably won't get to see the end result of them on this side of heaven. But I know that so many seeds were planted because of our students over there. And it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. And the experience that those students get to have of saying that 
I got to go overseas and share the gospel with these with students, with adults, with strangers that that probably never heard of it. Yeah. And I, I do like how you hit on how there are churches there and there are cathedrals that are, like that are beautiful, mm-hmm. but it's just a piece of history because the church was paired with the government. Hence how America was made mm-hmm. because separated separation of church and state. And so church wa- has always had like a negative connotation to it in the UK and that slowly, but surely there are churches like actual churches that are preaching the gospel that are starting to grow and the word of the Lord is being shared there, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. And that's so cool that you got to be a part of that. It was really cool. Yeah. Erica, in your message, you talk about perspective. And the perspective that you have on things versus uh, the perspective that your husband has on things. And it's funny because Seth just walked into our studio and we're just pumped yeah, to have him here. Perfect timing. Right? Perfect Convenient. timing. It's, al- it's almost like he knew. Um, <laughs> he didn't. I didn't. I didn't tell him. But uh, other than, you, than the example that you give in your message that we're about to hear, what other ways do you and Seth have a different perspective or how, how do you see those in your daily life? <laughs> Go ahead. I'm gonna let you talk. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. He's taking over. <laughs> Go ahead. Just. We ha- we have a great thing about us is that we have a <laughs> lot of the same perspective of a lot of things. We're very much on the same page. I would say 85 percent of the time. Mm. The but when we're not on the same page, we are not on yeah. the same chapter I wonder, even. Like I wonder what the average <laughs> is. Like we're not even 15. in the same book. We're not even Taylor. in the same oh, no. book <laughs> if we're not on the same page. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> but I mean, it's fun, you know. It's great. It's all about the details. Yeah. So uh, when it comes to cleaning, um, I, was this supposed to be spiritual or more like lighthearted? It can be anything you want. I think, I'll this, I think this is a good I'll direction. Start with, I'll start with yeah. this. I'm confident. I yes. like. I always <laughs> thought that I was a clean freak. I always thought I was a very neat person. Mm. And I would say that, you know, I think the house needs to be deep cleaned maybe once a month. And Seth would tell you every Friday what we do uh, is we deep clean. So there are differences. Um, that's date night. Uh, yeah, that's the except. He came home this past yeah, Friday pulled out the the broom the mop Mm. and i accidentally um kicked my toe on the vacuum and i was like why is this in the middle of the floor (laughs) and he was like it's what we do on fridays we clean and i was like no this is what you do on fridays um he's dying to say something right now (laughs) but it's not a bad thing having a husband that's super clean because some wives have the opposite yeah exactly um i think some would go for your half rather yeah, so I know that I'm very lucky. Count my blessings every night. Oh, yeah. um, every time I hear that hand vacuum running after I eat dinner, <laughs> sucking the crumbs up. Or off. while you're eating. Or while, yeah, yeah, he finishes before me. So, anyways. If you um, want to see that live in action, just follow Erica Phipps on Instagram <laughs> whenever it happens. It's definitely up there. The people want it. The people want to see it. Yeah. It's good content. Um, but also, I like I said in my message, I'm very... I'm geared more negatively, I think, just from my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's definitely more positive perspective, which is really good because it, it for sure balances me out. Um, like when we go to Disney World, for example, I just I want the perfect day. I want the perfect weather. If we're at the parks, I need it to be like cloudy and warm. But if we're at the pool, I need it to be sunny and, right. and hot. And every day I'll wake up and I'll be like, it's going to rain today. <laughs> and I'll be like, no, it's not. It's going to be the perfect day. And 
and it'll rain, like I said, but <laughs> like he still has this positive perspective on it. Well, like, oh, it'll rain, but then just in time for us to get to the pool, like the sun will come out and just little things like that make yeah. a huge difference in my life because it gives me like pockets of positivity that I, ooh, that'd be a That's good, good. Oh. that would be I a like good that phrase. Pockets of sermon title. Pockets of positivity. Or write a book. Yeah. Can we be on that? Co- co-writes? Yeah, come on. Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah. I'm starting now. It's a good thing our managers are here. So... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool to have a different perspective. I think everybody needs, honestly, a different perspective in their life because you can get so, um, you know, have such tunnel vision sometimes, only seeing your perspective. And sometimes we don't welcome other people's perspectives in, but it really is such a good thing to have those other perspectives in our life. Yeah. Because if Joseph, you know, if Joseph kept, if he had had a negative perspective in the pit, he would have never gotten out of it, you yeah. know, but knowing that God had a plan, God was in the details, seeing the bigger perspective um, is what really got him through. Yeah. And I think Joseph had that tighter connection with the Lord, knowing that there was a bigger picture. Right. Not getting down in the dumps that he's in prison or in this pit about to be sold kind of thing of, like, he knows that he's going through life, that he's riding this up and down roller coaster, but knowing that the bigger picture is has yet to be revealed. And that's really cool. Yeah. Everybody needs some of that in their life for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm just excited just to hear what you have to say. I mean, I, I got to hear it on Sunday, <laughs> but I'm sure everyone listening right now is ready to jump into your messages. So uh, we're going to let them do that. Listeners, we hope that you enjoyed just this time. We're going to keep doing this, just having a conversation as we are navigating the COVID-19 season and just managing what it looks like to do ministry during this time. Um, as well as just regular student ministry. And this is different. This is new for all of us. And we're pumped and we're glad that you are along the ride with us. Let's jump into Erica's message. Hope you enjoy. We are going to be in Genesis. If you want to go ahead and turn there, we're going to jump around to some different scripture though. So you've got to be on your A game, keeping you on your toes today. Now, how many of you have ever wanted to know so badly what happens in a TV show that you go and read the spoilers for it. Anybody? Now let me tell you something. I think one of the biggest spoilers of all time, how many of you saw Iron Man, was it last year? Was it Endgame? The one where he dies. Sorry if you haven't seen it. I remember, I think it came out on a, maybe like a Saturday night, and the next Sunday at church, everybody was talking about it, maybe Thursday, Friday. Anyways, everybody was talking about it, and everyone just kept spoiling the ending for each other. And if you hadn't had a chance to go to the theater yet and seen it, see it, everybody was so mad because people were telling each other the ending, and sorry if you haven't seen it, but I just said what the ending was, he dies. And there's no more Iron Man. So, spoiler alert, that's not fun, right? When somebody spoils the ending for you. Now, one of my good friends, Erin, actually, she's over there in high school. Me and her watch the same TV shows, but here's the thing. She likes to look up the endings, and she'll come to work the next day, and she'll be like, guess what? I already know what happened. You want me to tell you what happened? Do you want to know? I know. Do you want to know? Do you want to know maybe a little bit? I'll tell you. I'll, come on, I'll tell you. Do you want to know? And I'm like, mmm. Like, I really want to know, but I don't want to know. And then, you know, there's Evan, and he usually already knows what happens, too. So they start talking about what's happening, and then I find out what's happening, and I'm mad because they spoiled it for me, right? 
But just because somebody spoils something for you, does that mean that you don't want to go back and watch it to see how it got there? No, I still want to watch it to see what happens. Well, today, we are going to talk about how we already know what happens in this life with Christ. I have three points with you today. Everybody say three points. You guys are talkative, so I'm going to have you talk back to me because I like that kind of thing. I like to know you're awake, and I'm glad you're awake, mostly because I gave you sugar, but that's okay. So the first point for you today, if you want to write this down, is we already know how the story ends. We already know how the story ends. Now, I'm not just talking about TV shows or books or any story, Grayson and Kyle. What I'm talking about is the story of Jesus. Here is the good news. We have learned, we have studied, we have been told, some of us our whole lives, or maybe just recently, that we know that God wins. Spoiler alert for this book, right? God wins. Jesus wins. Hopefully, you already knew that spoiler. We know that despite all of the struggles in here, all of the battles, all of the wars, all of the famines, all of the depressions, all of the terrible, terrible things And all of the good, good things that happen in this book, ultimately God wins in the end. How does he know, or how does he win? We already know, and we learn this every Sunday because Jesus came. This is usually what we talk about at the end of the message. Today we're going backwards. Jesus came, died on the cross for our sins. He was beaten, he suffered, went to the cross, he died Good news, rose three days later, he defeated death to prove once and for all that he is king, he is Lord, the ultimate champion, and we know that we can now have a relationship with him and spend forever with him in heaven because he is God. And that's the end of the story. We could walk out of here today and be like, great, Jesus wins, we know who wins, survivor, we know this, we know that, about these TV shows, great. But how do we get there? How do we get to the end? Because sometimes, yes, we know that. We know Jesus wins. We know everything's going to be okay with Jesus and with God. We're going to spend forever with him. But just like Jesus, we have to live our story. Jesus had to live out his story. He had to live out what happened to him. He had to go to the cross. He had to get beaten. He had to tell all these people all about him. He had to rise three, rise, rose three days later. All of this had to happen to get to the end of the story. Now, in Genesis chapter 37, we're going to talk about Joseph today. We're going to talk about Joseph's story. And it's, it's a super um, lengthy story. And so I want to encourage you to go back and read it maybe later today or tomorrow or sometime this week. It's Genesis chapter 37. And this is the story of Joseph. You may or may not have heard it before. The coat of many colors. Nod your head if you've heard it. His brother's become super jealous of him because they think that he's the favorite. Anybody think that your parents have a favorite? Don't say any names. Just nod your head or raise your hand. If it's you, you're probably wrong. It's never the one that you think it is. And your parents don't have favorites. Spoiler alert. Um, so, So we see that Joseph's brothers, they hated him because they thought that he was his father's favorite. And then Joseph was having all of these dreams, and one of his dreams was that one day, you, my brothers, are gonna bow down to me. Well, obviously, you wouldn't like it if your brother or sister told you that, and they didn't like it either. So they said, I know how we can fix this. Right, ladies? He said, I know how we can fix this. We kill him. Let me tell you something. That's not a good solution. So they said, we're gonna take the coat that dad gave him, we're gonna throw him 
into the pit. We're going to let animals devour him. All of this crazy stuff, right? Because they were over it. Well, ultimately, they decided, okay, maybe having an animal devour him isn't the best idea. So we'll throw him in the pit. And they were like, you know what, maybe that's not the best idea either. Let's get him out of the pit. We'll sell him into slavery. He'll go to prison and all of these things. And so after that, he gets sold into slavery. He ends up in Egypt. But all of these terrible things that had to happen to him because of what his brothers did, he ends up in Egypt. And here he ends up saving many, many lives. In Genesis 37, chapter 16, it says, The Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar an officer of Pharaoh and the captain of the guards. And why is this significant? It's significant because a few chapters later, Joseph then becomes promoted to a super high position in Egypt. Stay with me here. And it turns out that he was second to Pharaoh, and in his position, he ended up helping Egypt manage seven years of abundance in order to prepare for seven years of famine. And due to his leadership, to him being second in line, so many people in Egypt and beyond, their lives were saved because he helped prepare for this. And it is for this reason, if you look at Genesis chapter 50, ahead a couple chapters, it all comes together. He says, you, talking to his brothers, he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Joseph knew, Joseph knew who God was. He had faith in God, and he knew the spoiler alert. He knew, spoiler alert, Jesus wins. God wins. In the end, everything's going to be okay. If it's not okay, it's not the end, right? So Joseph said, yes, I'm in this pit. Yes, I've been put into prison. Yes, I've been sold into slavery. But it's not over because God is not finished with me yet, and God still has a plan for my life. And students, I want you to know God has a plan for you and a plan for your life. And if you feel like you're in a pit right now, if you're in a situation that's not going your way, it's okay because it's not over. It's still a part of the story. Joseph knew that his story wasn't over. It didn't look good, right? If you're sitting in a pit in the middle of a desert, it's probably not looking too good for you, right? But he knew there's a way out. And sometimes our lives look like this too. We can be stuck in a pit, not literally a pit in the ground, but maybe emotionally we're going through something, maybe we're feeling depressed, we're feeling anxious, we feel like we're stuck in a pit, whether it comes to our family, um, maybe a divorce is happening, maybe somebody is sick, maybe things just aren't going the way we want them to go in our family. And maybe we're just feeling like we're in a pit, maybe with school, maybe with everything that's going on with corona. But we have to remember that in every situation, God has a plan, and he has a way that he is going to get us out of that pit. In that pit, we can't lose perspective. Everybody say perspective. Perspective is a fancy word for the way that you look at something. So Joseph didn't lose perspective in his pit, and we cannot either. So he knew what it looked like. He knew the end of the, it looked bad, but at the end of the story, Jesus wins. But to get there, he had to keep turning the page. So that's point number two. Say point number two. Keep turning that page. The page. Keep turning the page. Wait, say it with me. Ready? Keep turning the page. Okay, good. Okay, good. All right, Philippians 1 verse 6, it says, and I am sure of this. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So just like Joseph, right? Things kept going wrong, kept going wrong. 
Maybe you're saying, this wasn't my plan. This wasn't how my life was supposed to go. This isn't what I wanted. I'm never getting my way. But he didn't just sit there and sulk. He was ready for God to use him. He had to change his perspective. Now, perspective is a funny thing. Um, I tend to have a very negative perspective on things. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, like, the way I grew up and my parents. And Seth, because of the way he grew up and his parents, he has a very positive perspective on things. So you guys probably aren't going to relate to this story, but try to fill in the blanks with what you would relate with. I'm obsessed with rugs. Anyone's mom obsessed with rugs? Okay, good. Great. She'll get me. So I was looking for a very particular rug. And I couldn't find it anywhere. It was like a black type of rug. And, you know, that's not. Anyways, I wanted a very particular rug. So we went to store after store after store looking for this rug, and we couldn't find it. And, of course, what did my perspective do? My perspective easily went to negative, And I was like, oh, Seth, it's just not cool. It's just not popular. A black rug's not cool. It's, they're not selling it anywhere. And he was like, or maybe it's so popular that it's sold out right now. Ah, you see what he did there? Like maybe you're like, oh, Air Force Ones, I can't find them anywhere. They're so uncool. But you guys know Air Force Ones are in right now, right? Maybe they're just sold out everywhere. You see the perspective change? So here I am being negative, and Seth puts a spin on it, a different perspective. And that's what we have to do when we're in these pits sometimes. And you know what I mean when I say pit, right? Like a situation that we're going through. We have to change our perspective. We have to keep turning the page. When you're reading a story, you don't just read the first page and say, hmm, hope that, hope that ends well for them, right? You keep turning the page. You keep going. So what does that look like in our lives? There's more to the story, and we cannot just stay stuck on the page that we're on. We have to know that there is a tomorrow. Even when we don't want to wake up and face the day, we don't want to face what's going on at school. Different things in our family we don't want to go home to. We have to keep turning the page because God's not done writing that story. God has a plan and a purpose for that. How many of you, tell me if you know what I'm about to draw or when I'm drawing it, know what this is? about this in school does every story have this does every movie have this does the Bible have this does your life have this you may think no but the answer is yes just like every book every story every movie your life too is a story that God is writing who knows what starts here Introduction? It, we'll call it the intro for lack of everything. And then what, what is this? Rising action. Rising action is like, oh, stuff is happening, right? That's my paraphrase. Don't tell your English teacher. She might hate that. And then what's this? Climax. What is the climax? Great. And then what do we have over here? I am so impressed with you guys. Falling action. 
Resolution. What in our story is the resolution? Death in the sense of when you die, you get to heaven? Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. But in order to get to heaven, you have to first accept Jesus into your heart and ask him to be your savior and forgive your sins, right? And so I don't know what your story is. This is when you're born, P.S. But somewhere along the way, somewhere in your life, you have made the decision to follow Jesus, right, boys? You've made the decision to follow Jesus, and for everybody, that looks different on your story map. It's completely different. But what is all of this stuff? The fancy words, rising action, falling action, climate. What is this all? Climax, not climate. I know. Um, Starts with a D. It's just details, right? Um, Yes, just say yes. Good job. It's all just details. Details. Do I say just details? No, because details are important. Ladies, aren't details important? Do you know that there's a study that shows women use about maybe 20,000 words a day? And men use about 5,000. Why? Because women are smarter. No, I'm just kidding. Because, okay, my bad. Women like details. Seth will come home, and I will say, how was your day? And he'll be like, it was good. And I'll be like, tell me about it. And he'll be like, well, there was a beginning, and there was an ending, and now I'm home, and it's good. What's for dinner? And I'm like, great. And I'm like sitting there like, you want to ask me about my day? You want to ask me about my day? And then he finally says, tell me about your day. And I said, okay, well, first I woke up, and then I had to get my straightener on, and I got my straightener on, and I plugged it in, and it had this funny smell to it, but I ended up straightening my hair. And then I, because I did that, I was late to work. And he's like, already by then, he's like, you haven't even gotten to work at this point? Because I like details, and I want to tell him every detail about my day. Because to me, details are important. And in in Joseph's life, those details to get him to where he knew, spoiler alert, Jesus wins, was him being thrown into the pit by his brothers, him being in prison, him being in slavery. Those were all details that had to happen to complete the story to get him to this. Does that make sense? Are y'all with me? Is this too much like school? It's too much. I might apply to be a teacher after this. Coming out of school near you soon. Just kidding. So how do we keep turning the page? We know in any story, you can't get here unless you're reading the page. Do any of you read the last page first? Actually, don't answer that because you probably do. You want to know what happens. Or you do cliff notes or spark notes, which you should not do. By the way, you have to read the whole story because the details matter. The other night, Seth and I were watching a TV show. I've seen it a million times. And he went to turn it off because he wanted to go to sleep. And I was like, but we're not going to find out what happens. And he was like, you've seen this 15 times. You know what happens. And I'm like, yeah, but I want to see it again. I want to see what happens. I want to see the details. And that's my third point for you guys today. Ready? Point number three. Say it with me after I say it. Don't miss the details. Don't miss the details. Details are important, boys, whether you think so or not. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Joseph knew 
that everything he was going through was all for a reason and all working together for God's purpose. And what was that purpose? He set so many people free. He saved so many lives in Egypt. The details matter. The details are important. Even if you knew what happened to Iron Man, you still wanted to go back and watch the movie, right? Because you wanted to see how it happened. Taylor Swift, um, this is not an ad for her, but she has a song, and in one of her songs, she uses the famous quote that says, the devil is in the details. And the devil, the enemy, he wants us to stop turning the page. He wants us to get stuck at any point in our story and just stop. He wants to put us in a pit emotionally. He wants us to think, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I can't do it, God doesn't have a purpose for me. He wants to get us stuck on a page, but God tells us, you have to keep turning the page, you have to see what happens. I'm not done with you yet, and I have a purpose for you. It's all a part of the story. And so instead of thinking, that the devil is in the details, it's time to look and change our perspective and say, but God is in the details. God is the one who's orchestrating all of these details, all working it together for his good and his glory. There have been many times in my life, actually lately, quite a few times in my life, when things haven't gone the way that I wanted them to go. And when I was just angry with God, and I knew that It was okay to be angry with God, but at some point I had to turn the page and I had to say, God, I know you are faithful and I know you are good and I know that this is a part of the story that you have written for me. But there were some days I just couldn't do that because I just kept getting stuck on the same page. But I remember he has a plan. He works all things together for the good of those that love him. And he's not done with my story yet. So I had to keep going. I had to embrace the details, see him in the details, And of course, I had to look at Jesus, and I had to say, do you think Jesus wanted to be beaten? Do you think Jesus wanted to be arrested and wear the crown of thorns and everything that he went? Do you think he wanted to die on that cross? No, but he knew it was all a part of God's plan for the ultimate good so that we could have a relationship with God and spend eternity in heaven with him. And so when you feel like you're stuck in a pit, when you feel like you just can't turn the page anymore, I want you to say to yourself, don't miss the details. Don't miss what God is doing right now in your life. It may not feel good. In fact, a lot of times it won't. Not to say that there's not really good things and we need to see those too. But sometimes we can get stuck on the bad. When you are stuck on the bad, just look at Jesus. Look to the cross and remember, don't miss the details. Don't miss what God is doing in your life. Now I know we talked about the gospel at the beginning and when Jesus, when Jesus came and, and that's how the story ends and we usually put that at the end. But I wanted you to know the spoiler today that Jesus wins. It's all throughout this book that we can have a relationship with him. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus or you don't even know what that looks like or where to start with that, I want you to come talk to me today or come talk to one of your small group leaders and let them know that you want to start that story. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to head to small groups, and I want you guys to to focus in on this idea of a story and how your life truly is God's story for you.